0: 1 Corinthians 1.30 says that Jesus Christ has become to us wisdom from God, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. So I think what you're seeing here in 1 Corinthians 1.30 is sort of the the different stages of salvation uh, laid out for us. So you see him saying Jesus is our righteousness and this, I think, righteousness would correlate with justification, uh, which we talked about in the past couple of videos. So justification is where God, by faith, as an uh, as a gift counts us as righteous. He counts us as something that in ourselves we're not, but because of his grace, because of what Jesus has done, he, he counts us as righteous before him. So Jesus becomes our righteousness. And so this this deals with uh, a past event. This is, this is something that is, it's a done deal. It's something that's happened in the past and it's, it's complete. We are already justified. Uh, those who put faith in Jesus, they become as a past event justified and counted righteous. But then First it, Corinthians also says that Jesus is our sanctification and he's our redemption. And so where justification and righteousness deals with that past action of our position, where positionally God identifies us as righteous, sanctification and redemption deal with the next two stages of that. So you have the past and then you have the present tense salvation, which is sanctification. And then you have the future tense salvation, which is redemption. And so we'll talk about that in the uh, upcoming videos. But in this one, I wanna talk about sanctification and kind of talk about what that is. So um, again, a justification is a past action. That means we were saved. So as a past tense event, we were saved. Sanctification then is the present tense activity where we are being saved. We are in a process as believers where although God identifies us as his sons, he he identifies us as no longer children of wrath, but he accepts us and embraces us. We're in a right relationship with him. This is a past event that has happened. Now, sanctification is the ongoing salvation that we continue to experience as children of God. And ultimately, I think one way you can think about sanctification is it's God's Action, his activity by the Spirit, by his grace of making us into what we already are. Uh, He calls us righteous as a free gift, and now sanctification is where he begins to work in us and to make us into what he already calls us, how he already sees us. And so again, this sanctification is a It's a present tense thing, meaning that this is something that believers, followers of Jesus are currently experiencing and will continue to experience in a present tense for the rest of their lives. And then ultimately there's the future salvation again, which is redemption. And so uh, Romans 6, 19 is one place where you see this, this word again, sanctification mentioned. So, uh, Paul says, just as you once presented, presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. So uh, there's 1 Thessalonians uh, 4.3 as well, where uh, Paul says, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. So one way to think about sanctification, it's just, it's to be made holy. It's God making us holy in our thoughts, in our desires, in our actions, and in our character. Um, it's where God god is conforming us. He conforms us into the image of Christ. So he's uh, making us, in increasing, in increasing measure, he's making us more and more in our character, in our Inwardly he makes us like Jesus. He gives us the thoughts of Jesus. First Corinthians uh chapter two, I believe, will say that we've been given the spirit so that we can have the the mind of Christ, that we have Christ's mind, but but because we also are fallen human beings with a sin nature, we we kind of have these two these two parts of us. So we have the the flesh, what Paul would call often calls the flesh, which is the body of sin. It's where this nature of sin dwells in us that has its own lust, its desires, and ultimately this rebellious mindset, this rebellious bent away from God. Sanctification is where God, uh, again, because He's already counted us as righteous, He's going to begin to make us that. He's uh, by the grace of Christ. He's going to begin to make us like Jesus. And so again, this is something that happens inwardly. God wants inward transformation. He He wants to purify us and make us clean inwardly. He talks about the difference, you know, to the Pharisees between cleaning the the outside of the cup and the inside of the cup. And he emphasized that the the important thing in God's eyes is that the inside of the cup is made clean. And so sanctification is where God is making by his spirit the inside of the cup, the human heart, he begins to make it clean. And, and um, again, I think this, is, this goes to where you see in the the New Testament over and over, Paul talks in multiple places about the new man and the old man. So, the old man, again, would correlate to the the sin nature, that part of us that has fallen and that has that bent towards sin. And even Christians who are justified, who are counted right in the sight of God, we still have that nature. We still have the, the sin that dwells in us that wants to do wrong. But I think what we often forget, what what so many Christians overlook and underemphasize, is the fact that God has given us a new nature. He's He's given us the new man, uh, created in Christ Jesus for good works. And so God has done this work where in the believer He's made us new. Uh, and so what 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 God wants us to do is continue to put on more and more. We're putting on more of Christ, and we're putting off more of ourself. And so John the Baptist in the Gospel of John says, he said about Jesus, he must increase and I must decrease. So that's a great picture. That's a great basically summarization statement of what sanctification is. Sanctification is where I, my desires, my attitude, my emotions, my thoughts, my understanding about reality, about sin, about what, what, what the best goals in life are about what's most important in life um, about how to treat others, about how to think about myself, about how to think about God. Um, Sanctification is where those things begin to change. God begins to change these things. And so um, I decrease my thoughts, my understanding, myself decreases. And like John, again, like John the Baptist says, Christ increases in us in our experience, in our attitudes, in our thoughts, in our emotions, in our desires. Um, And so, yeah, so I think a simple way of thinking about sanctification is that it's the work of God in the life of a believer, whereby he causes us to become in our attitudes and our character more like Christ. So we get to where our attitude and our character looks more and more like Christ's attitude and Christ's character. So sanctification is not something that we cause to happen ourselves. It's not by our own efforts and it's not by our religious energy, but rather it is done entirely by God for those who rely on him by faith. So, Again, just as we talk about justification, being counted righteous in the sight of God is a free gift. It's not something that, that God waits for us to do our part. He doesn't wait for us to earn it. He doesn't wait for us to produce a paycheck or to even to work to clean ourselves up and to get rid of our own sinfulness. Uh, and he doesn't even wait for us to prove to him our our religious commitment and our religious energy for him. What he does is he waits for us to come to him by faith and say, I recognize that I'm a sinner and I have no ability and I, I just simply believe you. I believe what you say. I believe who you are. I believe your promises. And then by grace, God counts, he credits our faith as righteousness, just as he did to Abraham. In the same way with sanctification, sanctification is not dependent on our efforts and energies. It's dependent on God's grace. It's dependent on simply us believing. And so that kind of leads to the next question. Uh, a question I want to answer is how does it happen? Um, how do we become sanctifying? And so Romans 12, 1 is another good place, I think, to go to figure this out. So Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And this is 12.2 of Romans. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, so that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable, and perfect. So, sanctification is God transforming us. And according to Romans 12.1, how does God transform us? How does he clean the inside of the cup? He does it by the renewal of our mind. I think the the one of the main problems, if not the main problem of, of the human race, of me and of you, is our thinking, is the way we think. It's what's going on inside of our brains. It's it's how we perceive reality. It's how and I, I think more importantly, it's it's how we perceive God. I think that's the most important thing that's that's ultimately every human being has a sense of brokenness in their thoughts about God because of sin, because of the fall of man. Um, and so we think incorrectly about God. We think incorrectly about who he is, about what he's like, and about what his will is, about what he desires for us. We we think that rather than desiring our good, God is just this burdensome, heavy, oppressive, mean, angry slave master. Um, we th- we think that God's unjust, that he's unfair. We think that, or, or maybe, you know, for some people, their thoughts is just God doesn't exist. He doesn't, he's not even there. Or if there is a God, he's apathetic. He He's just kind of wound up the world like a, like a, like a toy, and then just kind of let it loose and let it do its own thing. And he's not present. He's not active in people's life. Um, And so really, I think all of us kind of intuitively have wrong perceptions, wrong ideas about God that need fixed. And so I think what happens when God begins to fix our thinking about him, he begins to renew, make new our mind uh, renew it, it gives kind of the idea of like a washing where where something's dirty and wrong and so it, it needs washed over and made clean um, and, and also I think it, it gives the idea of something that's being made new something that that has become broken and 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 uh, it needs to be uh, rejuvenated kind of and so God takes our minds our thoughts the the way that we perceive reality and again ultimately the way we perceive Him and who He is. And he begins to fix that he begins to make it right um and so it it makes me think of genesis 1 where the, the the earth was formless and void and darkness covered the face of the deep and then god spoke and he said let there be light and he divided the light from the darkness and he said it is good i think that's a picture in a lot of ways of the human heart and mind where where our hearts and our minds have this darkness over them when we're separated from god and god comes in by his word and he says let there be light and it brings this division between, between our wrong ways of thinking and, our, and the right ways of thinking about God. And so to be made holy, to be sanctified, to become like Jesus, it requires that first the foundational thing, I think the most important thing, is that our thoughts about who God is must be changed. They must be fixed. Uh, we are sick in our thoughts about God. And, and that's ultimately, I think, what leads people to run away from him in sin, and so, again, as we, we talked kind of about in the past couple of videos with Adam and Eve, what happened with Adam and Eve when they sinned is that their thoughts about God shifted to where before they had this childlike reliance, this dependence, this, this simplistic trust in God. They trusted his goodness. Uh, when they sinned, it caused them rather to run to God and have fellowship with him, You know, walking with him in the cool of the day. They rather ran away from him and they hid themselves from him in fear. And so sin causes us to have wrong ways of thinking about God. Sanctification, like Romans 1, uh, 12, 1 through 2, tells us that in order to be sanctified, in order to become holy in our attitude and our actions, we must have our thinking renewed we must have our minds renewed and that is what leads us to transformed life that's what leads us to uh truly have and portray in life the fruit of the spirit it has to come from an inward transformation um and so our thinking has to be changed uh colossians three ten is another place where you see this uh so Paul says, "Have uh, you've put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator?" So this new man, the new nature, the nature of righteousness, the nature of Christ that every believer has—it's a—it's a present tense, uh, continuance, continual uh, uh, activity that and, and an experience that believers have. Uh, that continues on until that point of redemption in the future. And what it is, is it's, again, it's us being made like Christ. And how that happens, according to this, is our minds are made new. They're renewed in knowledge. So it's our knowledge, again, this comes back to the way we think. We need to have the knowledge of God put into our minds and our hearts so that we think differently. We all have different knowledges, uh, different knowledge about different things, and we perceive the world in different ways. God wants us to give us God wants to give us His knowledge, His knowledge about Himself and about the world around us. And so, yeah, as Colossians three ten says, we put off the old self and we put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its Creator. So we are being made in the image of our creator, which is Christ, Jesus, who created us. All things were created through him and for him, is what Colossians 1 says. And so we're being made, as our minds are renewed in knowledge, we're being made more, we're conforming more into the image of Jesus, where we look more like him, we we talk more like him, we think more like him. Um, And I think in the midst of this doesn't mean that we all become like uh, like clones of each other. I think within as as every individual becomes like Christ, we still are able to express the different uh, uh, attributes that make up our individual unique personalities. And so God created every person to be different. And I think he likes and he loves that diversity, and he he thinks it's good that we that we we aren't all exact copies of each other. And I don't think that we're supposed to be exact copies of Jesus in a certain sense. I think ultimately what we're what what it means to become like Jesus isn't that we we uh, our personalities and our 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 maybe like the things that that we love to do are, are uh, you know, some people have certain hobbies and gifts and talents. I think all those things remain with us in a sense. And God, what he does is he infuses those things with the life of Christ. And so I think we we still retain our individual personhood, our individual unique personalities. And God wants us to retain the unique way in which he made us. Um, but within that, we still become like Christ in, in our attitudes and our thoughts and ultimately what happens is God makes us into people who have love in their hearts loving hearts that know the love of God and love other people and ultimately that fulfills the law and uh, that's ultimately what Jesus did what made him righteous Um, and so another way of of how this happens how do we become sanctified um, is by the word by God's word we become sanctified we become holy ultimately, we have our minds changed. Uh, If if having our minds changed is the requirement to be sanctified, then we have to ask, how does that happen? And so to answer that, let's look at uh, James 1.21. We're going to see that, um, as I just said, it's by the word. So James 1.21, he says, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. So the implanted word, this the word of God, that's like a seed uh, in Romans, uh, I think it's 10, that'll say faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word about Christ or by the word of God. Um, it's God's word that comes to us. And when we receive it, it produces faith. Faith produces justification and then continued faith as we continue to receive that word, we continue to receive God's word and embrace it in a personal way. What that does, James says here, is it's able to save our souls. So this is, again, this would go back to this. There's the past tense salvation, which is justification. And there's this present tense salvation, which is sanctification. So daily I need salvation. I need to be saved, not just in the past, but I need to be saved every day when I wake up in the morning and I have all these fears and anxieties. I have all maybe these temptations to sin. I have what whatever it is that my, that faces not just me, but you, we need saved from that. Our souls, our emotions need salvation. We need God's help to get through the day. Um, if, I think if we're humble enough to admit that. And so the way we find that salvation and ultimately the way that God transforms us even on a moment-by-moment, day-by-day basis from these people who have fear and anxiety and are overruled by our experiences in life. We need sanctification, I think, involves learning to become people who rule over our circumstances rather than having our circumstances rule over us. We begin to rule over our sin and temptation rather than having sin and temptation rule over us. That's a, a huge aspect of what sanctification involves. And that is itself a salvation. It's a present, ongoing uh, salvation, and so we we experience that as we embrace and receive God's word. Um, and so Ephesians five twenty six is another place where we see kind of this idea conveyed. So. And the idea, again, that's being conveyed is that we are sanctified by the word of God. So Ephesians five twenty-six, uh, or 25 and 26, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. So we're sanctified by the word. We're, we're made holy by this washing. The word of God is like water. That washes over our wrong, corrupt, dirty ways of thinking. And it cleans our brains. It cleans our minds. It cleans our thoughts about God. And ultimately, when we think rightly about God, it then turns to us being able to think rightly about ourselves. Where we no longer think in this guilt-ridden, condemnation-filled, fearful way of thinking about us. Uh, we, we're, we're free from a selfish uh, uh, just this selfish ambition, this prideful way of thinking about ourselves. And we're free to think in a right, healthy, uh, uh, balanced way about ourselves. And then from that, we can think rightly about everybody around us. Again, this is to be sanctified. It's to be made like Christ. Um, And so it comes by, uh, the change of our mind comes by our minds being changed, our thoughts being changed, our minds being renewed. Uh, and that comes by God's word. So again, and this what this means, again, I think the, the huge and encouraging thing about this that uh, I think is worth repeating is that sanctification, all of this goes back to the fact that God is making us into something that we already are. So sanctification is not that we are trying to, to become something that we're not. Um, we are already holy in the sight of God. We are already righteous in the sight of God. We're accepted by him. We're forgiven. But our attitudes and our actions, our behaviors, our thoughts, our desires don't always line up with how God sees us. God sees us this way because of grace. It's not because we're actually that way. It's because he, see, he sees us that way as an action of his free grace um, because of the cross, because of Jesus. And so, Sanctification again is where we're, we're becoming something that in God's eyes we already are. And this goes back to the fact that this is sanctification is something that's by grace and it's not by works. So every step of salvation is a gift. So the past event of salvation, justification, that was a free gift. Sanctification, it's a free gift redemption, ultimately redemption out of this world, redemption from our fallen bodies, that salvation that will come in the future when Jesus returns. It's a gift. It's a free gift. It's something that comes not by work and not by effort. Um, and so Galatians 3.3, uh, 3, you, um, you see kind of Paul clearly tell us that not only is the beginning part of our salvation a gift, but every part is a gift. So Galatians 3, uh, I'm going to start at verse 2. Uh, So Paul says, let me ask you only this, did he receive the spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? So he's asking them, how did you first get the spirit? And so this, I think, would go back to that first part of salvation, justification. He's saying, how did you receive it? Was it by works of the law or by hearing with faith? And then he says, are you so foolish having begun by the spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? So the assumption of the question is that it was by faith. God gives people his spirit on the basis of them putting their faith in him and not, not on the basis of anything else. So Paul's emphasizing the fact that it's something that is freely given. Now he's asking, you began salvation on the basis of it being a free gift. And he's saying, Are you so foolish that after you've begun by the spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? So the Galatians were beginning to think that, yes, the beginning of salvation, us kind of getting into the door was a free gift. But now that we're in the door, we're inside salvation. Now it's our time. We got to work to stay in. We got to effort to stay in. Now it's about us and what we do. Paul's saying, no, you're you're getting it wrong. It's a gift at the beginning. And it's a gift in the middle and it's a gift to the end. Every part of our salvation is something, it's it's dependent on a free gift. We have to continue to rely on salvation and rely on God on the basis of his grace and not on the basis of anything else. If we begin to rely on our righteousness, uh, we begin to rely on anything else for our righteousness other than the grace of God, other than the free gift of God, then we are, we are, we we've gone off step. We've gone off track because as Paul's saying here, it's foolish to begin salvation of a gift and then to think that you're going to continue on uh, and be perfected, right? He's saying, he uses the word here again in Galatians three three, perfected. Well, what does he mean by that? Well, that's sanctification. I think that's another way of saying sanctification. Are you becoming holy? Are you becoming complete? Uh, are you being made more spiritual or is, are you gaining more of God's favor by your own efforts and works? And obviously, again, the answer is no. We become perfect by a free gift of God. God freely makes us sanctified or, um, and again, that's another way of saying uh, perfect and sanctification are, are, I think, can be used synonymously. Uh, sanctification is that action where God is making us and our character perfect. Um, I don't think that's something any of us will attain in this life. Uh, I think we will all become perfect the day that Jesus returns. But uh, until then, we're all on various degrees of being made in that perfect image of Christ. Um, and so uh, just as justification, again, which we talked on the past couple of videos, was a free gift. So your sanctification the daily salvation that you need to experience, the salvation you need to experience experience right now in this moment from whatever your fears are, whatever your anxieties are, whatever the temptations are, whatever whatever it looks like that you're facing. We need salvation in our souls. We need God to come and step in and help us. And God doesn't depend uh, or God's help doesn't depend on anything but a free gift and his, his work in us to make us more like Jesus depends only on our cooperation to continue to believe and embrace him by faith, and then to from that obey his word. Um, And so a common wrong way of thinking about this is again to think that we're saved, that initial salvation being we're justified by grace. Most people will acknowledge that that's a gift, But I think there's a common misunderstanding in uh, in a lot of people, and and I think we all walk in this in varying degrees at times, whereas the beginning of salvation, it was a gift. We get in the door as a gift, but then we're made holy by what we do. And so we think that it's kind of like salvation is a gift, but now the rest of our Christian life is about our efforts to uh, sort of like pay God back. Um, and there's actually groups, there's different religious groups and cult groups that will use that exact terminology where the they will say things about how God has saved us by his grace. And now what we should do is spend the rest of our lives trying to repay him for his grace, to pay him back for what he has done. And this would, again, go back to Galatians 3 where Paul would say, what are you doing? Salvation was a gift in the beginning, and it's a gift every step of the way. It's dependent on faith every step of the way. And uh, I think it's Romans chapter 1 or 2 that talks about how our salvation is from faith to faith. Um, and and the, the, the quote from the Old Testament that's repeated multiple times in the New Testament, where uh, it says that the just, those who are counted right inside of God, they shall live by faith. And so, yeah, a wrong way of thinking is uh, that as common as, yeah, it's kind of that idea that it begins as a gift, but it continues on, our, our being made holy and our becoming perfect in in our Christianity, becoming more spiritual, becoming more acceptable to God is dependent on us and what we do. Um, and so it's kind of this mindset that God God did his part, like God did his part in salvation. He God got us in the door, and now it's our turn to do our part. Um, And so Romans 5.17, I think, is a good verse to kind of um, show, I think, the error of thinking that way. So Romans 5.17 says, for if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. So we all... We want to reign in life. We want to rule in life in the, in the sense that we don't want our circumstances, our trials, our temptations, our struggles to rule over us and be our master and, and force us into this constant state of fear, condemnation, anxiety, uh, where, where we're just kind of being beaten down by life and, it's, and, it's, and life is hard. So hard things come. Um, and so we... I think everybody wants to be able to reign in life. Um, And and this, this, again, just has the sense that you're having victory. You're having victory over things rather than things having victory over you. Um, And I think this, again, would also apply to sanctification, to to this this becoming like Jesus in our attitudes and our actions, um, rather than being conformed, like Romans 12 says, to the world and having the world rule over us, we're conformed to Christ and Christ rules over us. The way to do this, Paul says, what it depends on, again, verse 17, he says it's, it's those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness. These are the ones that on a day-to-day basis, moment by moment, are capable and are empowered by God to reign in life. It's those, it, God, God is interested, what he wants for us is not to get better at doing things for him, what he wants us what Christianity is about, what sanctification is about is actually getting better at receiving things from him. Our sanctification, our finding peace and victory in life. Again, and this can't be emphasized enough. It's it's not about us getting better at doing or working or striving. It's not, a, it's not about getting better at uh, uh, being more committed to, oh, I'm, I'm not going to do that sin next time, or, or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be more loving here. It's, it's about getting better at receiving from God what he has already given to us. And why is that the case? Well, because when we f- learn to freely receive from God, That's getting us back in alignment with the way God designed human beings. He designed human beings to not be self-sufficient, independent creatures. He designed human beings to be a type of creature that is completely dependent on God to be what it it was made to be. For me to be the person I was meant to be, a loving, compassionate, kind, bold, courageous, uh, I think we were all made to be those sort of things. Which which can fit all all those fit into the category of of righteousness of of holiness of goodness truthfulness uh, the fruit of the spirit. We can't be those things. We can't produce those things independently from God. Um, we might be able to force out imitations of those at certain times, but ultimately the the a true uh, reality of those things can only come forth. Uh, from those who are operating in their original created design uh, uh, before God. They're, They're functioning in life from that original created design, where it's creature to creator, it's son to father. It's a dependent childlike faith relationship. That's why Jesus said, you must become like a little child if you want to enter the kingdom of heaven. What's the significance there? Well, a little child depends fully on their parent for provision. We have to become those who fully depend on God for provision, rather than looking to our own selves, our own resources, our own abilities, um, our own intellect to do for ourselves what God wants to do for us. And as Romans Five says, when we learn to operate in that way, when we learn to become receivers from God, rather than efforting and wearing ourselves out trying to become doers for God, when we receive, then we reign in life. And when we receive, when we learn to be receivers, we also, that is the process, that is the key to God changing, again, the inside of our cup. It's the key to God sanctifying us, making us holy as we, by faith, we embrace his promises, we embrace his word, and and that brings us into this childlike dependence um, on God. And so ultimately what this does, I think, sanctification, it gets us back to The the again the original created design of God the Genesis uh, one through three the commission God gave to man where He said go into the earth be fruitful multiply fill the earth and subdue it Uh, subdue any enemies any adversaries that come against you don't be subdued but subdue fill the earth God wanted these image bearing creatures He gave them His image the image of this glorious perfect holy righteous. Perfect goodness is who God is. And he made these creatures to be like him. And then to he partnered with man to go out into the earth and to spread this good, perfect image of God in the earth and to fill the earth with peace and life and truth and goodness and holiness. And obviously man fell, fell away from that and became incapable of doing that because of their broken, severed relationship with God. What God does in restoring us and as he sanctifies us is he brings us back to becoming he, becoming like him. He's, he's conforming us into the image of Christ. And what this does is it enables us to return and, and continue to f- uh, fulfill that commission of God. We can now go back out into the world and fill the earth with his image. We can share the gospel. We can share light in dark places. We can bring hope to the hopeless. We can um, bring truth to those who are in falsehood. And ultimately, I think what God wants from us is that we'd be people who love, uh, that we we are sanctified so that we can walk rightly in love for God and love for others. And, uh, and this is what John 13, 35 says when Jesus says, by this, the world will know that that I have sent you um, as by your love for one another. And so as we are sanctified by God's truth, we are able to go into the world and love the world and thereby we're able to spread the image of God's goodness and glory into this, this dark and broken world and bring healing and light.